Uh, today, we are continuing this uh, discussion on faith. Now, this is actually very appropriate to talk about faith because we are in this situation where everybody is scared, everybody is depressed, everybody is um, discouraged, if you will. The way how I see is situations like this call for our expression of radical faith. Because if we don't, then who will? The world doesn't have what we have. We know that God doesn't, is not affected by pandemics. <laughs> we know that God is not affected by the panics. We know that God is not affected by the social unrest that is going on right now in the society. We know that God was, is, and always will be the same. And he holds the situation in his hand and he's in control. And that's why we're talking about faith, because faith, as you can see, I put that um, image on the screen, that big mountain, and that was on purpose. Mountain speaks about stability, but also it has something to do with today's discussion. And I'm wrapping up this topic today, and that's why that mountain was there, faith. Now, today's discussion, is faith and confession. And I will tell you right away that when I was thinking about this topic, I was not feeling comfortable using that word confession. And the reason why is that lately we had a, this word got a bad rap. Confession. Uh, when we're talking about positive confession. In fact, let me just go back a little bit and just say confession in general. In general, when I throw a word confession on you, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Confession in my mind, it's when you come to God or a person and confess your sin. It has a negative connotation. Why? Because in this society, we also have confession. When you go to, to court, you have a confession, right? And, and, the, and, the, and the people say, well, he confessed. And that would be admitted or contribute to conviction because he confessed. It has negative connotation. Now, my point today has nothing to do with that connotation. And that's why I was kind of reluctant to, to, to use this word because it would rob the, 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 the intention with that cultural layer of negative emotional load or, or uh, the, the, the charge. But in the same time, I figured, wait a second, if the Bible is talking about confession, if the scripture, if, if Jesus was talking about confession, I would rather take time and reclaim this word. How come we don't use this word anymore? Because we are scared that it doesn't sound good. And before I even move on, I wanted to just kind of lay groundwork and, 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 and tell you um, the, the, the meaning of the confession. Do you know that confession is actually from the Greek word? It has two. Um, it's a compositive word. It has two words in it. Homo lego. Homo lego. Homo, we know what homo means, right? It's the same. Homo. The same. Lego means what? Word. Now, simply saying confession, because that's how we are going to use it today, it's in this combined view means agreeing with what is being said. When I go to court, confession means I agree with the court. In fact, confession, the word confession, simply means it has a legal power in it. Confession, it has a legal meaning to it. Confession simply means I am agreeing with the court. 
version of events or facts. I'm fine. And then you get convicted. Now, from the biblical perspective, when we're talking about confession, we don't mean like church created this wrong meaning. And let me tell you what this meaning is. When you come to a priest and priest is listening, sitting in that little room, and he is listening to your confession, right? That's, wrong. that's not what the Bible is teaching about. That's the, that's the twisted idea of confession. Because biblical confession simply means I am agreeing, an act of agreeing with what the Word of God is saying. And it's legal, legally binding. When I say, God, I agree with what you just said, we had a legal power attached to that confession. From that perspective, I wanted to touch three things today, only three things, thinking versus speaking, believing versus speaking, and experiencing versus speaking. I like the quote by Benjamin Sulola, never underrate your confession. Destiny, transformation begins when you begin to make positive confession about yourself. Now, as you can see, there is this adjective here, positive confession. Why? Because of the fact that this word or term was hijacked by the culture. Now we have to inject that adjective in there, positive confession. In reality, if you read the Bible, you don't need to put positive confession because confession is always positive. Now you say, well, wait a second, but how about John says, when you sin, if you sin, when you sin, you need to confess your sin. Is it positive? Oh, yes, it is. We will touch that. But from the biblical perspective, you don't really need to explain or modify this, this, this noun because it is positive by definition. So I want to uh, move to the uh, base scripture, which is Proverbs 18.21. As you probably already figured, people who've been to church for a long time, they know that I will read this, this verse. This is the basis for this. And the, the verse sounds like this. The tongue, our speech, has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, we know, those who've been around for a while, they know that, that you have to watch your, your speech. But my point is not so much today about power of the word. Uh, that's not my intention. My intention is, and I'm praying, that by the end of your message, my message today, by the, the end of your uh, listening today to this message, you will be inspired to develop a habit of positive, I have to say that now, still, confession. So that's my prayer and that's my intention, that's my purpose, that by the end of this message today, you are inspired to develop a habit, not just not to say things, because that's what we are talking about. Well, if you say bad things, that things is going to happen to you. No, 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 that, 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 I'm not touching that. I am more focusing on how do we develop a habit of speaking things that brings life. That's the intention. And the reason why it's important is that this is the law. And, and this law is unchangeable, 
Meaning it's like a gravitation, like electricity, like everything else. It doesn't matter. See, like mathematics, for example, right? When we're talking about 2 plus 2 equals 4, it doesn't matter who uses mathematics. You're Christian or you're Buddhist or Muslim, it's still going to be 4. The same thing with gravitation. It doesn't matter if you're a believer or an atheist. You will still fall if you jump from second floor. The same thing this. This is the law. It was established by God. And it's working in this universe. Some people who might not be even Christians or believers, they somehow tap into the power that is behind this law and they are harvesting this power. And the same thing goes for believers who never were taught about this law, and they are believers, they go to heaven, they, like, they love Jesus, and yet they are experiencing problem in their lives, and they don't know why. Why? Because the word that they speak, it's working against them. Somehow we are Speaking curses in our children's lives. Have you ever heard things like, put your coat on because you're going to get sick? Or, I always have allergy in the fall. Or, all my family has a high tension, hypertension. I come to my doctor, and she's like, what's your family history? I said, I don't have any history. No, 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 what's your mo mom is, uh, what's, what's the status of your mom's health? I'm like, well, as far as I know, she has hypertension. And the doctor was like, yep, and she was happy. She's like, yep, that means you are predisposed for hypertension. No, I'm not. I don't believe it. I don't receive it. I reject it. And I, I, I am not just doing this based on nothing. We will discover how it works. I actually put some uh, images here. As you can see, this is the uh, statue of David by Michelangelo. And he was... Um, he was a weird artist, but nobody actually was criticizing him for being weird because he was successful and successful people can afford being weird and so he would he would take <laughs> he would take a piece piece of um, uh, block of stone and 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 he would go around that stone and the way how he saw it he did not create David he says he discovered David that's his that's his mentality. He says, oh, he look at the block of stone, and he says, there is this beautiful statue of David. I just did not discover it yet. Has not dis have not discovered it yet. It's there. It's in the stone. And so he would go around this, this block, and he would scream, literally. He would scream, come on! And then he would, and he would, he would uh, uh, get pieces of, of stone, piece by piece, until he created the statue. That is a good illustration of what we are experiencing in our lives. Because sometimes our life is just like that statue. You don't really see anything, but you speak, come out, and piece by piece, Something is happening with your life, with your destiny, with your future. It come out the way how God, because remember, we've been, we were talking about this before, you are God's masterpiece. You were not designed to struggle in terms of uh, having unsuccessful and productive life, you were designed to represent the glory of God. God wants you, and you have a purpose, divine 
purpose from God. Everybody has divine purpose of God. The problem is to discover it and to accomplish it in your life. And so that is all in the area of confession. We cannot do it if we don't operate within boundaries of this spiritual law. Now, I am moving to the first point, and the first point is thinking versus speaking. And this is a common situation in the church. Somehow we got this idea, and I am not against thinking right. In fact, thinking right is, if you want, a prerequisite for speaking right. The Bible actually teaches about you being transformed, your mind being transformed. So we are required to transform the way how we think. The way how you live is largely depend on why, the way how you think. That's why I am always selective with whom I have fellowship with. And I always been. And that's why people criticize me sometimes. When I see that a person has problems in thinking, I treat a person as a patient, not as my friend. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different story. Let's just not go there. Now, but the issue is, even if you have a good thinking, if you even, even if you develop the right kind of a thinking, even if you think the way how God wants you to think based on the scripture, it's not merely enough. Because here is what Bible says in Romans 10, and you probably already figured that this is coming. Paul says that if you confess, you see that word confess, so how, how, how can't I skip that topic, confession? It's all over the Bible. I, I cannot avoid discussion about confession because it's in the Bible. And the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, so do, do you see any negative connotation here? I don't see any negative connotation. It says you need to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. What does it mean to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus? Very simple. It simply means that we agree with the universal fact, spiritual fact, that Jesus Christ is the Lord. In the universe. So, but the thing is, what if I believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord? Is it good? Yes. Does it produce righteousness in your heart? Yes. But that's not enough. Because after you believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord, you need to say it. Now, I see you smart people looking at me, educated people, intelligent people, saying, what's the point? It's enough for me to believe in my heart, and I have a faith in God, and it's enough. Not merely enough. And let me tell you why. I don't have much time to dwell on it, but let me tell you why. Because even God created a person, and you know when God created this world, God was saying things into existence. Remember? The Bible says God says, and it became. So the way how God operated, everything that God created was by the virtue of saying or releasing the word. The word had power. We usually say that the word that you speak, it's a container that has power and anointing in it. That's what word is. The word has tremendous power. God created the universe by speaking this into existence. 
But when God created a man, guess what? He created a man in the image of God. And I am wondering, why is it God put in the scripture the process of creation? How God created the world? Why? Well, simple. So that we can look into this and realize, wait a second, everything that was created was created by the creative power of God spoken and creative and, 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 and alive word that God released. And because we were created in the image of God, it was appropriate for us to operate in the same way. Now, imagine a situation when I go to the restaurant, and that's what I put a menu from Wendy's, because the restaurants were closed, so we, were, we discovered Wendy's on, close to our house. Very simple, you just go there, and go to the <laughs> drive-thru. So imagine that I have this belief that Wendy's has some good food, which is strange, but still. And I go to the drive-thru, right? So I go to the drive-thru, and the, the lady in, in, the, in the speaker says, how can I help you? And I'm like, I believe it. And she's like, can I help you? Well, I believe it in my heart that you can give me a hamburger and a fish and a Caesar salad. Can I help you? Caesar salad. I believe it. It doesn't work like that. But the same thing works in the spiritual realm. We can believe in our heart all what we want, but if we don't speak it, if we don't, listen what, what, what it says, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Do you know that that word saved? Somehow in the religious circuit, we, we attributed that word saved only to our eternal salvation. But it's all-encompassing salvation, actually. It's a broad meaning of word save, and you know that this is zoe, a word that means salvation in all different dimensions. It's salvation from your poverty, it's salvation from your sickness, it's salvation from your depression, it's salvation from relational issues. Everything is in that word, save. But how do we do it? How do we release it? You need to say it. We need to confess it. It's simple. And that's a law. Listen to what he says. For with the heart one believes into righteousness. You can believe whatever you want. It's not merely enough. And with mouth, confession is made into salvation. My friend, I really want you to consider that before you go home, that many people, believers, precious brothers and sisters in Christ, they are sitting by the spiritual restaurants and they are keeping silent. And they are saying, God, how come I don't receive it? How oh God, you know what's in my heart. Speak it. Now, the second point that I want to continue and this is actually, do you see that picture on the, on the bottom? This is the system, if you will. This is how we operate in the world. Uh, this is our believer's cycle, not even a cycle, but a process, more or less. And there is also this dimension between believing versus speaking, because see, Jesus once said, and I want to expand on this a little bit, in Mark eleven twenty three, he says, for assuredly, that means absolutely, 
No discussion, guaranteed. I say to you, whoever, and I wanted to mention, I want to just quickly, briefly mention that this whoever means whoever. Rich and poor, black and white, smart and not very smart, educated, not, not very educated, whoever. Says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now, it's a very controversial uh, scripture because a lot of people try to understand what it is that Jesus is saying. But I wanted to focus your attention. Do you see, uh, in bold, I highlighted three words. How many, how many words are there highlighted in bold? Three. That word is saying. How many words or how many times Jesus in this passage repeats word believe? One. The ratio is one to three. Why it's so important? And I will again shift here to this diagram that I draw on the bottom of the page. The system that, or let me just put it in a different way, the reason why God gave us his word, the scripture. The Bible says that the, the word of God, number one, is inspired by God. That, 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 that was created by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's a divine inspiration. That's number one. But number two, the Bible says it's alive. It's a living word. Wherever you want to define it, it's a living word. But the reason why God gave us this word is, number one, so that we know it. How are you going to speak the word of God if you don't know, not, do not know it? The reason why we come here to this place is to get inspired to learn the Word of God. And not so much we are learning the Word of God here because we have only 45 minutes, but to inspire every believer who comes here to just dive into the Word. And do you know how much time I spend in the Word every week? I can tell you. It's not just here on Sunday. Every day of the week, I spend a lot of time just soaking in the Word. Why? Because once you have the Word, then you believe the Word. That, that, that hearing of the Word of God, the, the eating the Word of God, consuming the Word of God, produces faith. Once you have faith, then you start saying things. That's your confession. You're releasing the Word of God. And this is a very important point. Once you release the Word of God, God starts what? God starts what? Make it happen, and that means confirming his word. Let me just read the scripture real quickly and, 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 and I will make my point. Mark 16, 20, the Bible says, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word. Whose word? His word. Not my word. His word by the signs that accompanied. Now, let me, let me ask you this question. Did God conform them or his word? His word. When I preach the word of God, it's not about me. God doesn't conform me. I am a human being. 
If I start telling you right now how many flaws and issues and problems and character issues and everything, it's a lot. There is nothing to conform here. I'm not preaching myself. I am as much, I mean, effective so long I am preaching the Word of God. That's it. I don't have my own ideas. I don't have my own philosophy for life. I don't have help, self-help kind of uh, three steps to success. Don't have it. All what I have is the Word of God. But if I know the Word of God, and I believe the Word of God, and I speak the Word of God, God will conform His Word. Even if I'm not a perfect vessel. God just confirms His Word. There's nothing to conform here. God conforms not me, His Word. That's the key. See, when, when we were first starting the ministry, we were speaking about a lot of different things. And I believe it, and I always speak. Maybe you heard it. See, when we speak things into the existence, People around you sometimes will think that you're crazy. And so we were talking about school of ministry. And the question is, how would you, in the world, would you do school of ministry? Don't you see? It's impossible. And then we were talking about worship school, a prophetic school. And then we were talking about the, the, the awesome, excellent children ministry. Where, because I believed in God placed in my heart. Remember, Jesus says, do not hinder children to come unto me. And so I stood on this word and I said, look, we, we have to create an environment when the children, our children, would, would be exposed to the anointing and the truth and, and, the, and the word of God. That's the, that's the word of God. This is not my idea. To create an excellent environment for children and children ministry. It's not my idea. It's God's idea. And when I said that we, I believe for awesome children ministry, people were like, here, you have outlets sticking out from the wall. I know, I know. You don't have this, you don't have that. And people, because why? Because people, people look in and they're like, with their eyes, and they don't see what you see. But I'm still speaking. I'm speaking and I believe in that we will have an excellent children ministry. I believe that we will have excellent worship. When people would come and just receive healing and revelation and prophecy and be, be touched by God, I believe in it. And I'm speaking about this. I speak about the, the, the crowds of people coming to the church. And you're like, you don't even have steps. Well, we will have steps. That's why based on that belief and based on what we are speaking, we are building these steps. We, 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 we already bought chairs for these people. I believe and I speak it all the time. Now, when I do that, guess what? God is conforming. Somehow. It's not my idea. It's God's idea. God is conforming. Knowing, believing, saying, and conforming. I would propose a formula for you real quick for those who are mathematically inclined. B plus S equals R. Believing plus saying equals receiving. Before I move on. Now, I am finishing up with this experience versus speaking. It's a big point. I believe that because of this point, today in the churches, even spirit-filled churches, we have somewhat apprehension 
about this confession thing <laughs> because of this. People did not understand this properly. And I just, if I have some few minutes to, 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 to explain what really is going on here so that we can embrace it or adopt it as a way of life in our lives. It's so powerful. Now, in 1 Peter 2.24, really quick, he says, He himself bore our sins, Jesus did, in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. What tense this verb bore is? Past. That happened in the past. He bore our sins. Your past sins, your present sins, and your future sins. He bore it. I don't feel like that. Well, it's irrelevant what you feel. What's relevant is what you believe. It's relevant what you even think. It's relevant what you believe. I will explain what I mean. And then he continues, by his wounds you have been healed. Now, this is the controversial part here, because I've heard so many weird ideas about this particular verse. Sometimes people get sick and they say, I don't feel pain. I don't feel pain. I refuse to feel pain. I refuse to feel pain. You remember people saying that? And, and they're in pain. Now, how can you be healed if you don't acknowledge that you're sick? <laughs> How can you pretend that you don't feel pain if you're cringing out of pain? That was the point of contention right there. People see that you're suffering, and some people say, well, I believe, I believe, and they don't go to the doctor, and they, and they die because of this. That's why we have a lot of bad rap, because of lack of understanding. So what does it mean, really? Well, it simply means that we receive healing by faith. And I never embarrassed to say or acknowledge the fact that I can be sick. Sometimes we can get sick because of our stupidity. I, uh, yesterday I was uh, admonished by Kirill, we went to pick up the plywood, and I wanted to do it by myself, but I have a problem with my neck sometimes, and sometimes it's just because of stupidity, nothing else. I would lift heavy stuff without thinking, and then I would come every Saturday, and I just lay down, and I cannot get up. And uh, everybody knows that this is a problem. And he says to me something very spiritual. He says, why don't you ask somebody to help you to raise the piece of plywood? But, you know, I'm a macho. I cannot ask anybody, because if I ask somebody, then I'm weak. I can do it myself. And then I come home, and I'm like, I cannot get up. It pertains to everything. It pertains to the mask. It pertains to everything else. We sometimes don't want to be macho. We don't want to be weak. We don't want to portray weakness. But that's a stupidity part. But here's the point. We do get sick sometimes because of this or that. And by the virtue of the fact that we are living in a fallen world. We have viruses that come from China, for example. I didn't create it, but it came. Now, that means that we could actually get sick. Everything Pastor Andre said comes from China nowadays. But, but here is the thing. 
If I get sick, my reaction is, I know that I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. So what I do, I know it. And the next step is what? The next one is what? Believing. I believe that in Jesus I am healed. So what is going on? What is happening? I have my sickness as a fact. But I also know that Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ we have healing. So I know it. Then I believe it. And the next one is what? I confess it. I say I am healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And here is the problem. All the people around you will tell you you're, you're crazy because you're still sick. But here is the point. Does it mean, this word, that by his wounds you won't have symptoms? No. Does it say by the, your wounds you won't feel anything? No. Have you ever been to a medical procedure in the hospital and they did something to you? Like they cut some, 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 some tumor, for example, a bad word. And, and you didn't see it, right? But you, 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 what, you, what happened was you were in the, in the hospital, they cut, they cut you, they, they cut it out, they stitch you, and you're uh, in the recovery room, you never see tumor being removed, but you believe it was removed, right? Now let me ask you this question. Do you feel pain after they remove tumor? Yes. Do you feel that you are recovering? Yes. Why? Because you believe doctor. The same thing works here. The only difference is I believe in the heavenly doctor. I believe that I was healed in Jesus Christ. And even if I don't get instantaneous release of pain, I'm in recovery. I'm in recovery right now. Let me explain this to you. Uh, I am finishing up. I'm sorry I am taking your time. But I, I, I remember a few years ago, I got a growth on the neck. A big one. And it was growing and growing to the point where people around me, would, actually strangers even, would come to me and say, you better check it. You better check it. But see, I am, I am a believer. I am a believer. But it came to the point where I, I started to feel some, some, some weird sensations because it was thyroid uh, gland. And so it was affecting my moods up to this point. No, I'm just kidding. So, so, so I, I decided to check with the doctor. And then I, I finally got a, a guy, who, a doctor, who, who came to me and he says, you need to, uh, it was yours, your uh, then. He says, you need to go to the doctor. And I'm like, all right, all right. So I went to the doctor, and <laughs> I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. When you go to the doctor, and, and then you can read on the doctor's face that something is not right. So you go to the doctor, and you see the face of the doctor's face. She's like, and she's like, you need to go to the surgeon. And, and so they doing this test and collections and everything. So I go to the surgeon, the same thing. I go to the surgeon, and you see his face. Like, you are in trouble. And I am going by the procedures. They, they schedule me to do the surgery. We go through the emotions. But in the same time, I'm just believing. I'm just believing the Lord. And I remember distinctly, in, in my spirit, I received this, um, you know, sometimes you have this uh, uh, interesting um, sensation, a word of God come to your spirit. 
And that's the word in 11817. Uh, there is this, this word says, and I shall not die, but I shall live, David says. And so it came to my spirit. And I started saying this all the time. And I shall not die, but I shall live. And it says beautifully, um, and I will live and tell what the Lord has done. David says, and I was saying this, and I shall not die, but I shall live, and I will tell what the Lord has done. And I shall not live, I shall die, but I shall live, and I will tell what the Lord has done. And I was saying, 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 just every, like going to the car, get out of the car, in the morning, I would just say, 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 I shall live, I shall live, I shall live, I shall live. All the time. It was very weird kind of experience. Did they have a, did they have a, Problem on the neck? Yes, it was big. Did I say it? Yes, all the time. Now, when I came to the surgeon next time, he says, it's disappearing. It's, it's, it's going away. And within a short time, it completely gone away. I don't have anything. Now, I am wrapping up. I don't have much time. I put this wonderful picture here. On the, on, the, on the screen, confessing your position, that means uh, you, you, are in, you are a new creation in Christ. You're standing, that means you have a spiritual authority. You are in Christ. You have authority over every dark power in this world. We confess it. And then inheritance. What is inheritance? You, you confess your, it's in the word of God. You have uh, 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 scriptures that has to do something with the inheritance. Like, for example, your health, that's your inheritance. Your financial prosperity, that's your inheritance. Your success, I always proclaim that. That you shall not be in the tail, you have to be in the head. You need to say it all the time. And so sometimes when you are in the tail, you're like, huh? How come you're in the front? Why? Because it's in the scripture. I instilled this idea into my children's mind. You, will, you cannot be in the tail if you know the word of God. You have to be up front all the time or else you will be in the tail. It's up to you. You can know it, believe it, say it, and God will conform it, or you say, you know what, that's not modest. I am a Christian. I will be on the tail. Just be a little bit humble. That's not being humble. That's not confessing the word of God. Very simple. But I am finishing up right now, and we will pray. The, the, this story, remember... Um, Jesus was taken to, the, to, to Pilate, and, and when Jesus came to, uh, to Pilate, uh, Pilate says, Jesus says to him, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. And Pilate says, at that time, Pilate wants to rectify with Jesus because his wife saw the dream. And so he's like, you're a kingdom, said Pilate, and Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. You say that. You just got it. I am a king. No, no. Do you, do you see the, the striking dissonance here? Jesus is debased, beaten. Beaten upon, uh, bloody, don't have power, bound, don't have any influence. That's his natural. But inside, but inside, I am the king. And you, Pilate would not even have that power. Would not it be for the, my Father who is in heaven, he says. I'm talking to somebody here who needs that kind of confession today. 
regardless how you feel, regardless what kind of present condition or environment is about it, about you, I am the Son of God. I am blessed. God's favor is upon me. My business is prosperous. My marriage is strong. My family, my kids, prosperity is blessed. How many times do you release this word into the life of your children? Speak it today. My children are blessed. My children are blessed. My children are blessed. My children are blessed. Do you know why you need to speak it that way? Because the will of God. Because God wants to bless your children. That's the promise of God for the future generation of a person who follows God. Say it! My children are blessed. My children are blessed. Say it! All the time. Speak to your finances. I don't know what to pay mortgage with. What kind, of, what kind of confession is this? I don't care what you have on your account. Say it. What is really happening in the spiritual that God is your father and he is your provider. Say it like you mean it. Oh, if... We only learn how to operate with this law. Close your eyes, bow your head, and let's pray.